From the Sunshine State, this is Tampa Bay's Tan Talk. This is Robert from Nostalgic Video and Cars, here to tell you about Bellador's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer one, and great desserts. They even make the bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering, and any order over 10 bucks, free delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Largo Road, near downtown Largo. Or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends Corey, Jed, and Kurt at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Is this Frank Matthews? Is this Frank Matthews? Yes. That's two in a row. Look, why don't we just make Broussard disappear? Nice and quiet. Like how? Like kill him. It's against the law, Joe. You want someone hit? Give me my price and I'll do it. Broussard is a very private individual. Well guarded. One could almost say he leads a charmed life. So did my cat, until somebody killed him. The place is my say. And who? The man's name is Brizard. Jacques Brizard. That will make it $50,000, payable in advance. One is a cop, the other's a killer. They've got one thing in common, the Marseille contract. You can shove the money. I'll get Brizard myself. <laughs> you, you're going to kill Brizard? Why, you think I can't? Uh, no, but you need a little help, Steve. Besides, what are friends for? <laughs> <laughs> They're looking for you for bank robbery and murder. I don't rob banks. That's not my line. What is your line? That depends on what you want done. Kill somebody. When? Now. Don't talk. Come to the Grand Hotel, room 112. What happened? Somebody just dropped him. When the police find him, your billfold will be in his pocket. Can't he still be recognized? Not when I am done with him. When a cop and a killer join forces, somebody's got to get hurt. Hello out there. Peabody and Sherman here. Set the Wayback Machine. We enter the way back, and we're immediately hurtled back through time and space. Hey, this is Wayne Carini from Chasing Classic Cards, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cards.
Hey, listeners, welcome. You are tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run to your computers and Google Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studio. Don't forget to Google our website, GolfStreamMotorsports.com, and check out all our past shows, our podcasts at uh, Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and GolfStream Motorsports. We have, we have the most exciting week of the first quarter of every year that's going to be taking place this weekend, and that is the Amelia Island Collector Car Week. It is going to be spectacular. Hey, for the, all of you guys that just tuned in about an hour earlier, we, I want to say a big shout-out to our good friends at uh, Stu and Rob. They, uh, they're back on the air with Maximum Motoring. And guess what? They had Wayne Carini on as their guest earlier today. How you doing, Chris? I am good. How are you? You are on fire right now. Am I on fire right now? Yeah, you better... Tone it down. Reel it in a notch. Well, here's what happened. I, I I really feel like I am on fire because Sunday we had the this past Sunday was Festival of Speed in downtown St. Petersburg. Obviously, you were there. I was there, and I was the show host, and I was on fire by two o'clock in the afternoon. I looked like a candle. I looked like a match. I was so red. It was. I'm. You know, it's a guy thing. You know, I don't use. Uh, What's that stuff called? Sunblock? Sunblock? Yeah, one of these days my sunscreen. Sk- yeah, my face is just gonna my skin's just gonna peel off my body like one big giant. You're rip. gonna get skin cancer in like five years, but that's cool, Pretty, right? Hey yeah, hey, what the heck, you know? Uh, <laughs> it's Billy. Yeah, who cares about skin cancer? Yeah. It builds character. Yeah, yeah. You know, I am fair skinned anyway, so you know. But at any rate, we had a spectacular time at Festivals of Speed. Actually bumped into Stu and Rob while I was down there. In fact, that's when they I actually had the mic and I, I mic'd them up. And uh, I didn't know that they were doing their show, and they were telling me about their show, so I kind of put them on the spot a little bit. But uh, and it's funny because for a second there, I thought uh, Stu was a little um, mic shy because, uh, or I called it mic fright because uh, he's like, uh, 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 I think my uh, Stu, you should be real familiar with one of these because you know, you've talked to these for years and years and years and years. But uh, did you MC it? Yes, I was the official MC. So and what did they do? Like, what were you, what? Well, besides like... Because I think, like, for MC, like, if you MC a baseball game, you're doing all the in-between innings, announcements, and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, pretty like, much what? I was. You know, I have a little bit of a uh, proficiency to talk, and uh, so it's kind of like I'm the Energizer Bunny. You just I know, it's like, getting you to shut up. That's the problem. Wh- that's the problem, right? <laughs> As you wind me up, and also, blah, 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 but... Nothing outlasts the Energizer. They keep going... And going, and going, and going, and going. So you got to get there at 7 o'clock. I had a number of people, because one of the things that I also do for Festivals of Speed is I recruit cars. So we finally, after a number of years, finally were able to uh, get this really, really cool 1957 Ferrari Testarossa, kind of like race car. They call it pontoon fender uh, Testarossa. It was a very, very, it was a milestone race car back in the day. And uh, that car was like the feature car at this event. And uh, so one of my jobs, obviously, is to bring cars in, but then I help organize and lay out the field. So once that's all taken care of, then at 10 o'clock, we commence. I do the initial announcement. Hi, welcome, everybody. You're here uh, at the uh, 11th Annual Festivals of Speed here in downtown St. Petersburg on the waterfront, the Vinoy Hotel, Vinoy Park, blah, 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 blah. And then I kind of, like, the first time I did it was about a year ago, and I was a little nervous because, you know, people stare at you. You know, you don't know who these people are so you get a little self-conscious and kind of what i tend to do is i go okay i can't let this bother me i can't be self-conscious so i actually have to kind of stare and look through people you don't mean to be rude but you just you focus on the people that you're interviewing and everybody else is just like a like a prop kind of like did you, know? you picture them in their underwear no i didn't do that and then, and i wasn't wearing my underwear either i was actually dressed up oh you were going commando no, 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 no. I actually had a nice pair of slacks on. With no underwear? With, with Hey, this is a family show. <laughs> uh, what's with the underwear deal? Anyway, and so what I did is I kind of, uh, the first time I kind of, I did okay. You know, I did a few interviews. I, I interviewed some of the sponsors, and I talked a little bit. When I was at the Ritz this past uh, December, we had some issues with the audio equipment. So I was kind of quarantined on what we call Flynn Hill. And Mike Flynn's a real good friend of mine. We're doing the auction this weekend, and I'll get into that in a second. So what I did is I just kind of took it upon myself to kind of walk around and start ad-libbing, talking about cars. Well, after a a few minutes or two, I got kind of comfortable with it, 
And that's kind of what I did. So basically, I was walking around picking a car, and I was telling people about it. If the owner was there, that was great. I would get him involved. If he wasn't, I was just talking about it. Whether it was a Corvette, whether it was a 61 Jag E-type Roadster, whether it was uh, a 1904 Thomas Flyer, whether it was a 2011 or 2007 Ferrari, or whether it was a 1967 Ferrari 275 GTB. But fortunately, in my case, I have a fairly extensive automotive background. Some people call me a specialist. I'm not, but I'm, I know a lot. I know enough to be dangerous and kind of bluff my way through it, and I know kind of what's what. Plus the fact that I was in the salvage yard business for eons and eons, and I do appraisals, and I do inspections, and I do consulting. Again, let me give myself a shameless plug here. Go to Nostalgic Radio Cars. No, Gulfstream Motorsports. Dot com And if you need an appraisal, if you need a PPI, if you need an inspection, if you need an evaluation, if you need some consulting, contact me through my website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Okay, enough of the shameless plug. Anyway, but so I'm able to kind of carry on these conversations. So what I was able to do, too, is I would just walk around and I picked the north end of the field and I would just walk up to people and I would start talking to them about their cars and we would carry on some dialogue and some exchange and it worked out real well. So whether the guy had an Alfa Romero, whether the guy had a Datsun 240Z, whether the guy had... A really cool 1970-71 Honda 600 Coupe, kind of a neat car. Uh, Dom Forte from uh, Forte's Inboard and Auto Connection was there. Uh, Let me give them a plug. If you need your car, your classic car, your inboard boat repaired, go see my very, very old-time good friends at Forte's Inboard and Auto Connection. They're down in 66th Street in Pinellas Park. 727-544-6440. That's 727-544-6440. Dom, his family, Chris, Tony, they brought their ski boats out. They had their Shelby there. Chris had his Bronco there. Uh, Craig brought his Celine, his 1989 Celine. Uh, another gentleman, Michael, and I can't remember his last name, he brought a 67 Big Block Roadster. Another guy had a Cobra Kit car there. It was cool. So I just kind of walked around, talked to them, talked to this guy. There was another guy there that had a beautiful 63 Corvette split window, NCRS car, you know. And, I mean, just really, really good quality cars. It's a fun show. It's open. We're, we're, we're casual about, uh, you know, who shows up, how you dress, casual about the judging. You know, I mean, we're specific about the cars and the certain categories and stuff like that. But everybody has a good time. And then, of course, later in the afternoon, I kind of wind it down with the, uh, with the um, awards presentation, which, uh, you know, the, the, the feature car, which happened to be the Ferrari, won best of show. We had a Daytona. We had two wing cars there. We had a 1969 Dodge Charger. Very, very nice car and we had 1970 Plymouth Superbird and people always call them Superbirds or not 69 was a Daytona Charger wing car and uh, and it was that's what it was a Daytona Charger and then and there was a Charger 569 also there was a Charger SE but this is a Daytona 500 wing car they only made less than 500 of them and then the 70 Superbird both cars were, I believe were 440 cars one might have been a four-speed, one might have been an automatic, I don't remember. Chris Don brought his beautiful 1962 Lincoln Continental down there. They're really cool one with all funny little gauges and stuff that was owned by some industrialist up in uh, Detroit. Another gentleman brought his beautiful 1956 Lincoln Continental, or Lincoln Mark II. Uh, 56 is a pretty car, beautiful car. It was Royal Maroon, air conditioning. They're just a neat car. You know, you got to look at these 50s, 60s cars. But the neat thing about it is pretty much everybody drove the car. And yes, we had our usual array of late model Ferrari 458s, Lamborghini Gallardos, Aventadors, Ferrari 360s, tons and tons and tons and tons of uh, Porsches. Of course, the presenting sponsor was Burt Smith Porsche out of St. Petersburg. Hey, what do we got queued up on the uh, turn-em-up table there, Chris? Anything kind of nostalgic, vintage? That's not really, really bang your head type music. I think we got some kind of, kind of little on the classy side, don't we? We've got whatever you want. You got whatever I want. Okay. Well, how about this? This is good. Now this song, I don't know. Since we're talking vintage cars and we're kind of like in the '60s era, this is Gary Puckett in the Union Gap, and this song is called "Believe Me." This is actually on the flip side of one of his albums, or on one of his 45s, but it's on his album. It's kind of a cool song. Hey, you're tuning into Nostalgic Radio Cars. Stick around. We'll be right back. We have a, an amazing guest, a very interesting gentleman coming on later today. So don't touch that radio dial. Time loser, I lost your love 
tell what I'm thinking of Please try to see it when you hear me say That you wish tomorrow was yesterday When morning comes and dark turns to light You begin to remember your dreams in the night You keep on thinking and you can't help but cry You wish you had listened and you know that you'll try to believe This is Robert from Nostalgic Video and Cars, here to tell you about Bellador's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer wine, and great desserts. They even make their bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering, and any order over 10 bucks, free delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Lager Road near downtown Largo, or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for takeout order at 727-501-9090 that's 727-501-9090 they truly have the best smoking barbecue in town oh and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce that's the rib shack barbecue in downtown largo 727-501-9090 i'm telling robert from nostalgic radio and car sent you hi i'm corky coker and you're listening to nostalgic radio and cars And you're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Thank you, Corky. Corky's going to be at Amelia Island. Uh, Wayne Carini's going to be at Amelia Island. Edsel Ford's going to be at Amelia Island. Everybody's going to be at Amelia Island. And you people need to be at Amelia Island because I talk about it all the time. Pretty amazing stuff. Uh, a couple of things are going to be there. Um, on uh, this Friday, you hear me talking about this or have heard me talk about this for a long time, is our very own special the company that I work for, Hollywood Wheels, Auto Retro. Okay, it is a all Porsche cars only, the very first all Porsche cars only dedicated auction in the world, to my knowledge. Okay, ever, 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 ever. I think I can safely say that. And we have 53 of the coolest Porsches going to be there. And I got to tell you, this is one of my babies. I've been working on this show for about the last four months very, very diligently. So I'm going to be there come rain, snow, sleet, or shine, or if uh, the rest of the world besides Amelia Island blows up. And uh, we've got 53 cars. We got pre A's. We got A's. We got B's. We got C's. We got uh, short wheelbase 911s. We got long wheelbase 911s. Long hood cars. Pre 73s. We got 74s. We got 78s. We got turbos. We got 911s. We got 993s. We got C2s. We got GT2s. GT3s. We got race cars. 962s. 934s. 935s. We have every conceivable Porsche that you could possibly have running the entire gamut. You've got to check out our auto retro auction. This Friday, Friday, yeah, Friday, the 13th. From 2 to 5, okay? It's going to be spectacular. Then, on Saturday, is Festivals of Speed. Takes place out on the fairway. But, commencing at noon, noon to 5, noon to 6, is our Amelia Island Select auction. And we're going to have Cadillacs, Lincolns, Jaguars, Ferraris, Muscle Cars, Superbird, yeah, Boss 429, Boss 302, and some very rare Camaros, L88 Corvette, number of Corvettes, 65 big block Roadster Corvette, four-speed, classic red. We've got a 1928 Chrysler. We've got some amazing cars. Visit our website, hollywoodwheels.com, and you will see some outstanding cars, okay? Also, on Thursday is the bottom auction. On Friday is the gooding auction, okay? And then you've got the... 
best of the best concourse, which takes place on Sunday. Okay, that is the concourse. And I've got to hand it to Bill Warner because he is probably the car aficionado, extraordinaire uh, car guy on the planet. I mean, he the guy is so passionate. He does, beyond a shadow of a doubt, the best car show. And it's not a car show. It's a concourse. In, in the world. I mean, it's just like, I will tell you this. Yes, granted, Pebble Beach, California, has got the real estate. There's no question about that. But the show, the show, the stuff that Bill Warner comes up with. You know, every year he comes up with a theme. And this is the 20th anniversary of the of the Amelia Island Concourse, okay? The honorary guest is Sterling Moss. Sterling Moss was the first honorary 20 years ago. So this show is absolutely going to be spectacular. They've got a number of, you know, Bill always comes up with theme cars. This year, it's uh, Cars of the Cowboys, you know, because he was a big uh, cowboy. You know, when we were kids, you either watched Cowboys and Indians or you you watched war movies, okay? So tanks and military jeeps aren't really exciting, but, you know, if a guy's got a Cadillac or if he's got a big Buick or if he's got a big Pontiac or a big Lincoln or something up with a set of horns on the front and a set of horseshoes on the back, that's kind of groovy. That's kind of cool. So he's doing that. He's doing the featured car is Stutz this year, okay? Then you've got, he's got a segment called Forgotten Fiberglass, okay? Then apparently, and I was reading this, and I'm not sure how, how this is going to work out, but they have the unveiling, and this is how it's how it's announced, the first original 1965 Mustang replica, operative word there, replica, to be unveiled at the Millie Island Concourse. Now, I'm, you know, me being a Ford guy, me being specifically a Mustang kind of guy, um, that should be real interesting. But anyway, go to the website, AmeliaIsland.com. You're going to find out all that information, and it should be an amazing weekend. Okay, and not only that, it's the who's who in the car world will be there. Yes, Corky Coker, Barry McGuire, Seinfeld could be there. Uh, Wayne Carini will obviously be there. A number of the p- people have been on our show. Mario Andretti, Dan Gurney, Johnny Rutherford, the Unser Brothers will be there. I mean, a lot of those guys show up on a regular basis. So Derek Bell, Vic Alford, Dan Gurney, Sam Posey. That's the caliber of people that you will meet at Amelia Island. There's no place else on the planet besides Pebble Beach and probably Amelia Island where you're going to find these people because that's kind of like the, the crowd that they run with, and that's where they're there. you know. And especially out west because of the racetrack, you get some really interesting people out there. But anyway, again, guys, i got to tell you, you got to check out Amelia Island. It's not the cheapest thing on the world, but you know what? Make some sacrifices to some place, you know, one less movie, one less hamburger, one less beer, and go to Amelia Island, take your family, and just have a true and unique experience in the complete and total automotive world. They've got seminars going on there. There are special seminars with people talking about, you know, design, or they might be talking about racing, or they might be talking about, uh, you know, historical cars that were built and no longer exist. I mean, it's just incredible. Again, visit AmeliaIsland.com. Now, let's see. we got a guest coming on in a few minutes, so Chris is going to go ahead and fire up the turntable and we're going to play another kind of a classic song which is kind of now we're going to go a little jazzy early 60s here for you oh yeah a little Dave Brubeck you know what this song is so popular it's like it's one of those songs you just never get tired of it's kind of looking it's like looking at a Mustang or like looking at a Porsche you know earlier in the show I played uh, a theme from the uh, movie uh, um, let me see it was called Magi Majestic uh, it was a, a movie with um with uh, oh, what was his name? Michael Caine and the Anthony. The Marseille Cl- contract. That's it. The Marseille contract. My mind just went. Beep. Okay, but anyway, and in that movie, what was really cool, and I remember seeing it when it first came out. It came out like 73, 74, somewhere around in there. 72, 73, 74. But M- Michael Caine was driving a, a uh, Alfa Romeo Montreal, and he was chasing, uh, and I can't remember her name, another actress well known. She was in a 73 911 Targa, so it was kind of a pretty cool scene. And that segment is in that clip so when you listen to the podcast you can hear that clip i'm gonna keep quiet for a second you can enjoy a little dave brubeck take five which is what i'm gonna do
This is Robert from Nostalgic Video and Cars here to tell you about Bellador's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer wine, and great desserts. They even make their bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering and any order over 10 bucks, free delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Lager Road near downtown Largo. Or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends Corey, Jed, and Kirk at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Car sent you. I know it doesn't matter to you, but it just drives me crazy when you start buying pieces you don't know anything about. Enjoyment's enjoyment, Sandy. Don't worry about it. All right, all right. Tommy. Tommy, for God's sakes, come on. We're late as it is. All right, Sandy. Is that one of those red Italian things? One of those red Italian things. This is Bill Warner of the Amelia Island Concord Delegates, and you are listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back, and you're tuning into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and it's time to introduce our special guests of the evening. You know, for years, you guys hear me talking about the car shows, Amelia Island, Pebble Beach, and occasionally we talk about museums. Well, the gentleman we got coming on in a few minutes is the founder and president of probably one of the most prestigious and unique automobile museums in the country and it's called the Blackhawk Museum and I'm delighted to welcome Don Williams to the show this evening. He is the president and founder of the Blackhawk Automotive Museum in California. Don, welcome to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Thank you for having me. How are you doing this evening? Real good. So are you still in California or are you en route to uh, Florida for Amelia Island? Oh, I don't leave there for another day. Another day. Wow. Now tell us a little bit about the Blackhawk Museum. That was uh, you basically started that what in nineteen mid eighties, something like that. That's when it was founded. The idea came up in the mid eighties, and we ended up completing it and opening it in nineteen eighty eight. What was the um, the whole concept behind the museum? It's not just a museum. I mean, it's like a it's like a big study. It's like a big library, and you've got it set up very unique. It's it's. Why don't you tell us about it? Because it's it's a it's an unbelievable well, museum. <clears throat> what we try to do is that. I've always wanted to show the automobiles, not all automobiles, but certain automobiles as artistic designs, not as far as mechanical. There's a thousand people in this world, maybe 10,000 people in this world that know more about the mechanics of a car. I was just always into the styling. So it's a, it's a museum about the automobile style and the beauty of the automobile. And so it's, an, it's basically designed on the interior like an art museum. And we always have between 50 and 60 cars on display. Um, Sometimes we'll have a hundred if we do the big show, and uh, basically they're so rare and one-off type cars. It gives people an opportunity of seeing cars that most people won't be able to afford, but at least they get the opportunity of seeing the cars. Now, do you guys own those cars, or are those cars put on loan? We own part of them, and obviously some have been on loan. But the only ones I ever take on loan are the ones we used to own. Okay, and so is- every every car that is in that museum is either now ours or was ours. Okay. Is there a certain era that you specialize in of car? No, I mean, it's changed over the years. It started off, we were obviously very heavily antique and pre-war. As, as we all change, and generations change, interests change. We've taken into the 50s and 60s cars, and, uh, you know, we get into Ferraris and Jags, lightweights, and Porsches and stuff like that, where 1988, I probably didn't have very many. You know, and I think that you have to have it. You try to, it's like any other business, a museum tries to present what the, the demographics of your community and society want at that time. And what we wanted in 1970 is different. 1980 and 1980 and 90 is different than what we want in 2015. Now, the facility is fairly large. From, from what I understand, it's like 70,000 square feet. That's almost two acres under roof. It's pretty good. It's, 
pretty good size. It's that's big. It's seventy thousand square feet. Now that's you know there's lobbies, there's offices, so there's probably fifty thousand square feet in actual display space. Now each of the cars, because I was looking, I've never been there, but I know that you have the day after Pebble Beach, you offer a open house event for yes. people that have participated. And this year, this year, I plan on being there. Oh, good. And um, you have the way it's set up. It's just I thought it was so neat because it's your your walls are black, the floor is black marble or onyx. I mean, it's just absolutely extremely rich and classy looking. You've got the light that's kind of indirect lighting, and it focuses on the cars and the silhouettes and the style of the car. Just like you said, it's very very nice. It's not, and there's nothing else to look at but the cars, which I think's very tastefully done. Well, you know, some of your best ideas. Whether you want to call it stealing them, plagiarizing them. <laughs> you know, uh, I was walking past a jewelry store one night. There was a diamond inside of a little box with four pin lights on it. And it was absolutely stunning. I thought, there's our lighting for our cars because I was looking for something different. Uh, my office is full of collectibles and uh, memorabilia from collector park car era, which is typical of a lot of museums. I wanted to have something different. If it's going to be like an art museum, I never wanted anybody to look at anything but the automobiles. Well, and yeah, and I noticed there's no paintings on the walls or anything either. It's just the car under the lights in the little room, in this little area, right? So far, so far. I mean, I've, I've fought tooth and nail to keep it that way. You know, and our propensity as humans is to change sometimes. And uh, right now, it's still considered one of the most beautiful museums in the world. It's not the largest. It's more like a, a, a boutique museum. We're not trying to put the biggest presentation. I remember when I was young, I went to Bill Harris' collection in Reno. Hit fourteen hundred cars. I was overwhelmed. But you know, I walked past twenty-two Duesenbergs, and they all had, all I could see is the front grill of all of them. And that's probably one of the inspirations to coming up with this kind of a display. Now, if somebody wants to find out a little bit more about it, how do they go about doing it? Just go to BlackhawkMuseum.com or BlackhawkMuseum.org. Dot org. Okay, and uh-huh. now. And it's not just a museum. You have a research center in there. You have a library in there. I mean, it's really for true car enthusiasts. So if I wanted to find out a little bit more about cars, I could go to your, your library and I could do research? Yes. I mean, uh, the research and library is focused on rare cars. So okay. I, I think it's very easy to... I think working within the clubs is sometimes an easier way if you have a... You know, I just picked up a 57 uh, Ford wagon. Now, I'm going to get more information from the Ford Club and out of Ford books than I am my own library. Okay. You know, and yet if I have a Talba Lago, which has no real active club, then I would want to research that historically because, you know, they haven't built in those in a long time. And when you start getting 50, 60-year-old cars where the last production goes on, you need a little help. And I think that some of the car manufacturers like Ford and Chevy and Cadillac and Chrysler have strong, strong club support. So it's not real hard to get help. In fact, that's one of the benefits of the hobby is being able to get help from other friends that, you know, have the same love and passion that you do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What was the first car that you acquired that graced the Blackhawk Museum? The first one I put in the museum itself was a uh, Rolls-Royce, one-of-a-kind, by Dutch Darren, American coach builder that had to go to France to become famous. And he designed a car for a lady called the Countess de Frasso, which I'm sure she made the name up because she was competing on the social areas of New York. This woman named Constant Bennett. You know, they had the, they made up those names or found them or bought them, whatever they did <laughs> back in that period. But she had most probably one of the most beautiful cars I ever saw. And <clears throat> Dutch Darren is one. I knew him as a young boy, young man. And he told me, he says, very few cars pass the eye test of 90, all, every single degree. I'll walk slowly around every angle. In most cars, you'll find an, an angle where the designer missed it. This one didn't. That was the first one that went in. When but, you know, my, my desire, obviously, for cars has been the next one. And also change the display. Mm-hmm. So that's why the changes of the display are sometimes for for the change of generation, but sometimes it's based off whims. Okay. You know, I would, the goal was to be able to have every great car in the world cross through the museum at some point during its history. Do you travel wide and far to get these cars? I used to. Not today. Not today? I mean, I, not, I'm trying to enjoy all the trips. I mean, for 30 years, it was 20 days a month. Uh-huh. You know. Now, when you... Uh, it gets a little wearing. 
Yes, it does. Yes, it does. I can concur with that. The some of the cars that you found that you were looking for, let's say, let's use a uh, Talbot, okay, Lago, for example, or let's say an old sure. Delahaye or a Delage or something like that. Very unique cars, or you know, even a Mercedes five forty K or something right. like, or a Hork. Sure. Those kind of cars, when you found those. Did, did did often you have find those cars in poor state that you had to restore them to bring them up to the level to be able to display? Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. Okay. I mean, you know, I've been doing this a long time, and you know, all the cars weren't restored. Some of the cars, I mean, I was the first American to go to France, and I was digging through their barns, and it's kind of fun. But I'd find cars that were just looked like they hadn't been touched 20, 30 years, and I'd, I'd buy them, ship them home, and I'd, I'm very lucky in my life because I had a very close friend who, for 35 years, he had the skill to restore, and I knew that I wasn't good enough. So not only wasn't I good enough, I evolved into more into the research and uh, presentation of the cars, and he continued to, to do the restorations up until three years ago when he died. And so he probably did 200 cars for me. Let's go back and let's talk about your humble beginnings. How did you get involved in the cars, and, and, and what, what got you bit by the bug, as they say? Well, I don't think anybody knows what's going to bite them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, with Dick, I went to work for a guy that had a bunch of different companies, and instead of firing me or me quitting like you sometimes do when you're young, when you're trying to find your way, yeah, he, he had these different companies, and he kept moving me in. And when you're paid by the hour, I guess you'd like to work, and at least I did. And I figured the more hours I put in, the more money I make. So if I put 60 hours a week in, then, then he'll like me. And it also gave me a bigger paycheck to, you know, feed my, my kid. Uh-huh. And it worked And it worked out. So it was, and I was an insatiable learner. I did not like not to know. Uh-huh. So I was in the toy business, full supply business, tape recorder business. And then when he wanted to open up the first old car store in West Mississippi, I didn't know the front from a back of a car. Oh, wow. And I said, oh, sure, why not? Let's do it. Of course, I didn't know what I was going to be doing. So I learned how to work on them, learned I was never going to be good. I restored a car. I thought it was the best one in the world. Took it the Grand Classic. Got 94 points. I thought they just shot me. Huh. And then I heard there was a 100-point car. You know, sometimes when you're young and arrogant, you make stupid statements like, I can find a flaw in anything and anybody. So I went to look at this 100-point car and met a gentleman named Ken Vaughn, who was probably the best restorer in the United States. And I laid there for an hour, well, half hour to an hour, looking for the flaw. Finally gave up. Next thing I know, for a couple hours, I was sitting in a chair next to him asking how he did it. And we we were friends for the rest of his life. You know, he was probably 20 years older than me. Uh-huh. And I was fortunate because I'm in my early 20s, and I have a man that's in his 40s who looks very old to me at that time. And uh, I thought he shared with me. So I think sharing is the most important part of the hobby. Absolutely. If you have it and don't share it, you have nothing. That's that's well said. That's well said. And that's, it's just fun. I mean, I think the hobby brings you friends from all over. I have friends all over the world, mainly in the Northern Hemisphere. I have friends in Europe, close ones, close friends in almost every state in the United States. And, you know, I think that that's the important part that I found. It wasn't just the cars, it's the friendship, the camaraderie. Absolutely. You know, car people are car nuts or car nuts. Yeah, well said, well said. You know. Um, tell us a little bit about the museum. Tell us some of the other really, really unique cars. Or if you want to tell us about it, take us on a little travel. Take us on a really memorable trip that you, like, at, when you first left, you first embarked, you really didn't know what to expect, and then you well, were first just... first not only did I not know what to expect, I didn't know what to look for. I mean, you got to remember, you didn't start off, nobody starts off knowing what they know at the, at the end. They know nothing at the start. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing is to know you know nothing. Okay. And so that's why I was an insatiable curiosity. You know, listen, I listened to my elders and, um, and the elders of the hobby because they had, they knew what I wanted. And so I retained it and I respected the information they gave me. That's why a lot of my teachings came from people that were much older than me. And when you're 20 years old, that's not hard to find. When you're 25, 30 years old, it's not hard to find. But as time goes on, then it's almost, it becomes your turn. And then you need to share. And if you don't share, then you've just wasted all that learning. I, I, I think that you find in, in this hobby that you continue to collect and enjoy and search and learn your whole life. You know, and I think that that's where your taste change. I was very, very American car oriented. Uh, my first car was a 41 Packard, 110 set in, because that's all I could afford. So I'd drive it around town. I would swear I thought I had a Duesenberg. You know, it's the only car I had in my family. I drove it to work every day. My wife and kid put a store in it. I had it sitting behind the store where I went to work. Called old time cars. And 
I had it parked in the parking lot, and the guy says, how much is that Packard in the back? And they said, well, it's not for sale. He doesn't want to sell it. I think he's worth about 2000 He said, I'll tell the guy I'll give him 1800 I thought, 1800 That's triple what I paid. So I went and got on the phone, called nobody. <laughs> and then got back and said, he's got to take it. So he wrote me a check. I gave him the key to get any title, and he drove away and learned my first lesson in life. My boss said, did your check clear yet? And I went, what? <laughs> 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 you know, but it got, it kind of went, why, this is better than working. I think any business or any hobby or anything you do, if you enjoy it and you don't feel like you're working, then you're going to do it your whole life. And that's basically what I've done. And from the Packard, I evolved. I, mean, I couldn't afford a whole lot more later, but uh, as time went on, I could afford more. Dreams stayed big, and I think that's what happens. And, and some of my friends, or even at my age group, still strictly collect American cars. And then I decided, to, I'm one of those people that you see a mountain, I want to know what's on the other side. Mm-hmm. I have friends like my wife who say, well, it's a pretty mountain, but who cares what's on the other side? And and so people are different. And I always wanted to know. And so first place I was curious about was England. Just decided to go to a show over there, met people, and nurtured and friends became friends. And I went to France and did a show there for 15 years and met more friends, Germans, Europeans. And uh, so that got me falling in love with cars I'd never heard of. You know, Del Hayes and Lysadas and Mercedes 540Ks. I remember 1973 or four, you know, 40 some years ago, a Mercedes sold for $440,000 and everybody fell out of their chair. It was at an auction. Very few auctions back then. That was one of the first Christie's did it. And I thought, why would they pay? It was only worth 200. We thought. Now, of course, that, car, that same car is worth 15 million. So it shows you how sharp and smart I was. I couldn't have afforded it at 400 anyway, so it doesn't matter. That was the moon to me. That was, you know, five, eight times the price of my house. So I think that, you know, the, the values get distorted because these are just toys. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. It does. You, know, you don't get carried away and actually think this is... It's like people who collect abstract art never could understand that. You know, I'm sure they have a reason. But pay so much for a painting hanging on the wall when you can have a car you can feel, touch, smell, drive, enjoy there's a limitation. The limitations sometimes are your own imagination and your pocketbook. One or the other might give or never come. You may never have the imagination, you may never have the pocketbook. That doesn't stop your enjoyment. You know, you can still enjoy cars. I mean, you know, I mentioned my 57 Ford. I mean, I've, I don't just collect rare cars. I collect cars I remember when I was a kid, too. I think a collector is a collector. I mean, I collect gas pumps. I collect jukeboxes. I, you know, it's an addiction. It's a sickness. And you just accept it. It's not terminal. <laughs> it stays with you your whole life. And yes. If you love it, then that's all that really counts. And I think it doesn't matter you know, where you live. It doesn't matter. It's just a matter whether you want to enjoy the cars and enjoy the, enjoy the fellow collectors. Absolutely. You know, when you're hanging around with a Ford, you can have a lot of fun with all the Ford guys. Uh, have a little fun back and forth with the Chevy guys. Okay. But I doubt if a guy sitting there at the Double Log is going to understand either one of us. <laughs> yeah, right? that's I can right. Tell you this, I can tell you the short or the Chevy guy are going to start in the Tabalago guy either. Exactly. Yeah, we see the one with that funny accent. <laughs> you know, and, I mean, I went through all those phases. You know, and I, when you get past the veneer, we're all the same at heart. It's just we have different tastes. Absolutely. That's all. And I, 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 that's why I think it's been fun. That's why, you know, heading down to Meat Island this week, it's another show that a good friend of mine, Bill Warner, puts on. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was came around about 20 years ago and set this show up and built it up and built it up and built it up. And I think it's probably one of the greatest shows in the front of the show in the United States. I, I say that all the time on my show. He is because Bill makes it unique because he's a true car guy. Oh, he's, a, he's a classy man. And mm-hmm. I don't go 3,500 miles very often, especially now, you know, just to say hi. I, I'm going for him. And I'm going for the other people there, but he's the draw. He's the draw. You know, I think that at Pebble Beach is, you know, become like the Super Super Bowl of cars. And it's a great, great show. And at one time, Lauren Tryon, who was my best friend, was the chairman. And he kept it down to about 150 cars, and he didn't want commercialism. But, you know, you know 1990, 1980 is different than 2015. Now the manufacturers want to get behind it, want to have their displays, which is fine. You know, progress, life changes, but doesn't always leave you the same taste. I still love Pebble Beach. I've gone every year for 44 years, and I'm going down to see Bill, which I've neglected lately. I've been sending cars every year, but I haven't been here in four. So he he, he drops dropped out of his chair. I could hear him. <laughs> I told him, my wife and I are coming down. We're coming down to play, and I don't want to work. You know, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. 
Super. The car on your website, the blue car, I can't really make out. The grill emblem looks a little bit like a Bugatti, but what exactly is that car? It's a roadster of some kind. Really cool looking. It looks like a cross of a SS, you know, Jag. It looks like it could be a Bugatti. It looks like it could be got a little Morgan look to it. Got a little Jag. I mean, it's got a, what is that exactly? Why are we? What website are you looking at? I'm on your Blackhawk website. And the Blackhawk Automotive Museum, and it's uh, just a—it's a pretty blue car. Looks like it's got a dark blue interior, but wire wheels on well, it. The pictures keep changing. Well, oh, they you do. Come out the one that's faced straight at you. Yeah, it kind of goes in an angle a little bit. You can see the side profile just a little bit. It's got a real nice belt line molding that runs down the side and top of the door. It's suicide doors in the front, so you know it—I'm it, not sure what it is. I was trying to read in here, but it doesn't really say what it is. It just mentions a number of different cars, but it is, whatever it is, it's very, very cool looking. Now, let me—we got a few minutes left. Let me ask you this. If you can sum this up shortly, sure. because you mentioned sharing, how what is your thoughts, and how do we best get the younger generation involved to invite them? Invite them. Okay. The biggest tendency, the, the biggest thing that helped me, is the biggest thing I don't see now: older people reaching out to embrace younger people. I was lucky because I had a lot of enthusiasm, and it, it obviously was infectious because I was able to get Bill Hera when he was alive just for a short length of time. J.B. Nethergood, who had one of the greatest collections in the United States, to allow me into the library because I wanted to learn. But they listened, and they allowed me. And right now, sometimes I see car shows where this is our show, you can't come mentality. In reality, the young people have to be embraced. The, the, the car collectors got to share with the young people to how are they going to become interested if they're being shunned and aren't shared. Mm-hmm. you got to share. Exactly. You know, if you share, they'll come. I wish they'd all start right now. Because one thing I would hate to think is that the the passions, the love that I have for all the cars have ended mm-hmm. because we didn't pass it on to the next generation. I'm fortunate. I have two sons that love the cars. I didn't make them love them. They obviously didn't have to. Most of the time they don't. But in this case, I had two that did. Well, you're very fortunate. Are they in the business with you? One's in his own business in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. The other one's working with me here, learning it. Mm-hmm. But now he's not just learning it. He's getting his own research out. I don't even have to tell him to do it. He's become addicted. Super. I can't make people get addicted. I can't people fall in love. You can teach them all the, the academics of life. You can't teach them the passion. That's true. That's true. Well, Don, I want to thank you very much for hanging out with us here. we got a minute or two left. And um, what is one of the most outstanding cars that you have at the museum right now? And how long do the cars usually stay there? What's the duration? Well, we try to keep them at least a year. Okay, a year. Okay. Yeah, and sometimes, I mean, I'll leave a car there for two or three years, and I pull it out, and I think I get more in trouble for pulling the car out than I do putting it in. You know, because uh, it becomes part of the fabric to the people who are coming on a regular basis. But they don't realize that it, it, it's hard for any museum in the, in the world to continue to have ongoing interest from the public. And the only way you can do that is pique their interest with new displays. And uh, so they're curious. Curiosity brings people back. And I think that that's, uh, that's the key to it. You know, and I, if something sits there every time, every year after year after year, then there's a point that uh, interest will wane. You know, it might, even your own interest might wane. Oh, yeah. I just, you know, and I, I think you need, sometimes you need to freshen it up for yourself mm-hmm. as, as curators and directors of events, events and museums, so that you draw the new people. And go, I wonder what's going to be there this year. That's one of the biggest questions I have for this show. I'm going up to what's going to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, if I saw the same cars there every year, do you think I'd be getting on that plane? Probably not. Nope. <laughs> it's the curiosity more than it's anything the else. Curiosity. Absolutely, something to look forward to every year. That's right. You know, new and different. Okay, so I think we got one minute left. So the the coolest car that you have there right now, what would it be, in your opinion? You're being unfair. How many children? Do you have children? Yes, sir, I do, and my son likes cars. How many kids do you have? I just have the one son. Yeah, he's he's going to be graduating. You don't have to worry about it. You can just keep one and get happy. Have you ever asked somebody with three or four kids, which one is your favorite one? (laughs) Yeah, okay, all right, all right. I know. Well, it's the same thing with the car. I know. I've tried to answer that question, and then guilt hits you about two seconds later. Wow. They wouldn't be in there if I didn't like them. Okay. Well, Don, we're just about out of time. I want to thank you very much. People can find you at BlackhawkAutomobileMuseum.org, correct? Blackhawk Museum. Blackhawk Museum. Okay. .org. 
All right. Well, I want to thank my special guest this evening, Don Williams, founder of the Blackhawk Museum. Hey, everybody, this weekend, Amelia Island, be there. This is an amazing event. I want everybody to check out my website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Gulfstream Motorsports, and Nostalgic Canyon Cars. See you at Amelia Island. In the meantime, everybody stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. And join the collective car hobby. Telling tales out of school, but there's a feller in there who'll pay you $10 if you sing into his can. Downtown Dave. I'm not here to make a record, you dumb cracker. It broadcast me out on the radio. WTAN, Clearwater, Tampa Bay. WDCF, Dade City, Tampa Bay. WZHR, Zephyr Hills, Tampa Bay. Listen. You dumb cracker.